All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. It is Free For All Friday, and I am picking everything bagel seeds out of my teeth today, and I'm excited because Travis is going to be talking, and I'm going to be enjoying the flavor of this bagel for the next 45 minutes, and I have no idea why, but I went on a bagel kick this morning, and I couldn't buy one, so I bought three. Uh, But today, I am super, super excited to be joined by my guest, who has an amazing bio. Um, You can just Google it because it's phenomenal, and I would take the whole episode for me to read it. But it's somebody that I've actually known of and internet stalked for probably four or five years. And it wasn't until our amazing mutual friend, Zach Benson, introduced us. And so today I have Travis Chappelle. And the reason that I love Travis above everything else that he does besides the two podcasts, amazing software, working with the top entrepreneurs in the world is that Travis gets it. And when I say Travis gets it, he gets that people matter over everything else. And he has built his mission helping people connect with people and not having them feel like you're a snake in the grass or kind of just in it for a deep transaction. And so that's the best intro I could give him. So Travis, welcome to the show, my friend. George, what's up, man? Thanks so much for having me. I'm stoked. You have such a good podcasting voice. I can totally get it now. I love it. <laughs> it's the mic. It's the mic that, setup, man. That's what I say. I was like, I'm still learning how to play with the audio tool so I can make myself like I want to be able to give myself a British accent, an Australian accent. <laughs> And then like have that deep tone because I feel like when you have one of those accents, you just sound 10 times smarter than everything else. It's definitely true. It's actually psychologically proven too. Yes. So, yeah. See, like yeah. I make this stuff up, but it's probably because I heard it somewhere and that's how the neuroplasticity <laughs> of my brain works. So uh, one of the questions that I always love to start with, and I'm actually so interested to hear your response to this one. So the first question I ask is when you look back at your career and you've had quite a career what was the biggest mistake or the biggest lesson that you've learned and what'd you take away from it and apply now? Yeah, man, I'd have to say that the biggest mistake that I've made is pushing things off and procrastinating. Um, I tend to kind of be that type of a person in general, even like, you know, thinking back through school and in college and all that kind of stuff. I, was just, I was always working best under pressure. You know, if, if the project's due tomorrow, I'm up the night before and I'll knock it out and I'll get an A, but I'm going to, you know, procrastinate till the very end. Um, and so uh, that's definitely something that I've, I've uh, taken away from, from my entrepreneurial journey because it's, it, it bites you in the ass if you do it too much. You know what I'm saying? Like it no longer is a matter of, of, um, oh, well, it, you know, that's one of those reasons I think school is, is not a total proper preparation for what life is because there there was no really, there was no really, there was no real consequence to me waiting till the last minute to do a a school project, except for that, you know, I'm up till 2am or whatever. That's really the only consequence, which is that that's not that big of a deal to you in college. You know what I mean? So like you can, you can make it happen, you get an A and you move on. But the thing is in, in your entrepreneurial journey, if you sit on ideas too long, people will just start doing them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can lose, you can lose time. You can lose a lot of money. You can lose influence. You can lose attention. There's so many things that, uh, that you lose by continuing to push things off. And specifically, uh, the big thing I'm talking about is my podcast because man, if I would have just started it around the same time that I thought about starting one, um, I'd be a year ahead of where I am, which at three a week would be, you know, an additional 150, 200 episodes, which would be an additional couple hundred thousand downloads, which would be an additional, uh, certain amount of followers and an audience and attention and more money. And like everything would have been on a faster timeline had I started faster. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people that just kind of sit around and wait for some magical day when everything's going to align. And it's just, never, ever, 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 ever going to happen. So you just got to decide how important is it to you? That's really the big question. 
like you shouldn't just get started with everything that you think about or else you'd be doing anything. But how important is it to you? And if it is really important to you, then do it now, like get started now, regardless of if it's messy action, action at all is better than, than no action. You know, man, I, I so much, so much. There's probably like a stoic novel of entrepreneurial wisdom that just got pulled out of that answer. But the thing for me is like you talked about the podcast. It took me nine years. Like I wanted to launch my podcast in 2011. And mm. you know what's nuts is I had a high old PR40 microphone sitting in my closet for eight and a half years and I still don't use it, but at least I have a podcast wow. now. But I literally, <laughs> I've never used that microphone and I kept it as a reminder of like, you know, when you do something like you got to trust yourself and go all in because I think about it and, and I'm, I'm glad I didn't like for all the right reasons. Like I've learned a lot of lessons. I'm in a different place now, but it's actually really interesting because even now as a successful entrepreneur, when I launched this podcast a couple, um, a couple months ago, I mean, we're doing amazing, but I had the same fears I had come up nine years ago. They didn't, they, right. you know, they didn't feel any different. They didn't taste any different, but I had a different set of tools in my toolbox and I was like, yeah, sure. this doesn't yeah. matter. Right. And yeah, so, and Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I actually was going to unpack it for you. So it's like okay. when I think about that, you know, as an entrepreneur, I think a lot of the times we sit here on the other side, we talk about like, hey, you know, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. And it wasn't like a brick in the face that hit me with that. It, it took years of learning like every time I missed because the, the consequences of waiting aren't immediate. There's like a very slow drip and fallout, right? And so how do you yeah. like you said when you talked about it, like make sure it's important to you. Like how do you vet? Like what's important to you versus like, does this move the needle in the business? Is this for my personal tank? Like how do you go through that process? And then what's the first step you do to do something? Yeah, to me, it's the rocking chair test, uh, which is something that Tony Robbins talks about a good amount and really resonates with me for, for whatever reason. But really quick before I do that, I want to touch on something that you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned the Heil PR40. And for those listening, that's like a four or $500 microphone, a really nice microphone. Um, and when you're starting out podcasting, you don't have to have something like that. And what I find to be a common denominator, George, between people who take action immediately and then actually stick with it versus people who go out and do something like that where they like bought this microphone. Uh, I think the big difference there is you're taking action with the things that are the most fun parts of the, the task at hand. And I think that some I think that if you're like if, if you're going to take action, you should start taking action on things that are going to move the needle, not necessarily the things that are emotionally most, you know, emotionally the coolest things about the new venture that you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't, don't worry. Like if you're, if you just like, man, I, I just really want to buy this microphone. Like, cause you know, and we all know that we're not logical creatures. We make decisions by emotion that we justify with logic. So it's like, you know, I really want this microphone, but I wouldn't really. So then you're, you, you've decided that you want the microphone. So now your logic's going to work and being like, well, but if I do this and I start this podcast, that's going to make money. And then I can make money back from the microphone that I bought. And like, you're finding all these reasons. So you go out and you buy the microphone, you're super excited about it. And then, uh, you like set it up or maybe you don't set it up. But, uh, but the point is saying is like, don't just do the things that are fun about the new thing that you're trying or the action that you're taking, like do some of the things like, you know, buy the course 
before yeah. you buy the microphone and educate yourself, work on yourself internally, make yourself get up at 5 a.m. for the next seven days and work for one hour on your new thing and then reward yourself with the fun stuff. Reward yourself with that microphone, record some episodes into your laptop audio, have it be as crappy as can be. But you say, if I can do this for, for, for 30 days in a row, then in 30 days, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a microphone and reward myself. Like I think that, that, um, that, um, plan of attack is going to keep you in the game a little bit longer and prevent you from spending money on a bunch of stuff that you never use. Uh, but anyway, I, back, back to the original question here. Uh, so the rocking chair test, that, that's something that I use to decide if I should attack a new venture. Um, as entrepreneurs, we all kind of have that shiny object syndrome and, you know, I'm, I'm 28. I've only, I've only been doing this entrepreneurship thing. Well, basically I, I've never had a job, so <laughs> kind of doing it since forever. Um, uh, since I was supporting myself at, you know, I got married when I was like 21. So since I was 21, uh, supporting myself. And in that time period, I don't know how many things I've tried. I've been so many things that I've tried and, uh, it's gotten a lot more clear over the years. Uh, but, uh, I think that initial testing period was really important because it just helped me work through some different things and figure out, okay, well, I don't really want to be doing this. This isn't something that I'm like super great at. I don't really believe in this product that much. And it like brought me all the way up to this point. And now, uh, as I look at new ventures, it's really, really important to sit and take a second and say, how important is this to me to have accomplished at some point in my life? And I think that the rocking chair tells helps, helps me do that. And so that's basically what it is, is a Imagine yourself at 90 years old, 95 years old, sitting on a rocking chair on your front porch, looking back at your life and ask yourself, if I do not do this thing, if I do not pursue this new venture or head in this new direction, will I regret that at some point? And I think that not enough people ask themselves that question, man. I think people are too, are more afraid of failure or of regret, uh, where to me, I'm way more afraid of having regret when I'm 90 than, um, than failing a bunch until I get to 90, you know, uh, knock on wood. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think that that test is really, is really a, bi a big thing for me. It was a huge thing when I started the software stuff, man. Cause I mean, it was a big leap. We've spent a good amount of money in dev work to get this thing up and running just to see if it's something that people even want. Um, and, uh, and that was a, a big, I'm not, a, I'm not a SaaS founder. I'm not a software guy. I'm not a developer myself. Like it's a, it was a big risk to take on this brand new venture that I know little to nothing about just because I thought I had a pretty good idea yeah. about it. Um, but, uh, when I sat there and asked myself that question, like if I look back in, in, you know, even if it's not when I'm 90, let's say it's 60 or 70 or 50 or whatever. If I, when I look back on this time in my life, will I regret not doing this? And the answer is just, oh, was overwhelmingly a yes. Yeah. It was just like, I'm going to always look back at this moment. And if, you know, if, if none of my other dreams come true, especially if none of my other dreams come true, all the, all the goals and the things that I'm working toward in life, if those things don't come true. I know 100% for sure that I'm going to look back on this moment and be like, man, what if I just would have tried that software thing? Yeah. Oh, that would have been the thing. You know what I mean? Like that, that would have been ever like I could have, I could have sped up this timeline. I wouldn't have to go do this thing now when I'm 68 that I don't want to be doing like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, when, when I really look at those new ventures, new opportunities, I always ask myself like, if I don't do this, will I regret it? And if so, how extreme, like how extreme will that regret be? You know what I mean? So um, uh, that's, that's kind of how I vet out those new ideas sometimes. That's, that's good. I've, I've actually, I've heard it. I've never heard it explained like that. Well, it's a really, really simple concept. And it's, it's funny too, because, you know, for those of you that don't know, so Travis has two podcasts, has, has been killing the game, entrepreneurship, networking, all these amazing things. And then Travis is like, 
I think there's a better way for podcasters to do certain things. I'm going to launch a software, which is the opposite of like the shiny dopamine hit that you talked about with like buying the new <laughs> microphone, right? Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you went the other way, right? And and I think I think Travis, like you nailed it. it. That's how it was for me, right? It was the illusion that I wanted to do something, but I hadn't laid the foundation, yeah, or built the container strong enough to hold myself accountable, right? And so right. like for me now. I know myself, right? Like I'm successful, but I also know my back door. So the moment I have an idea, I know if I'm going to do it, I have to post it publicly before I do anything or else I will find 8 million and 64 different reasons to just not do it. So I'm like, I'll go live. I'll do a podcast. But hey guys, just so you know, this is coming in like the next 30 days and I have to like put that accountability out to put in that work. Because I think too, the undertow of what you said when you answered that question about the microphone was was gold and then the rocking chair test and then the software that you're launching the venture to i think one of the things that's underneath it and you said it without saying it is that success is not this big thing it's the combination of these little things that we do every single day i mean you're you're going from everyone like sees a software program launch like oh i'm so stoked i'm so pissed they're charging me so much money i'm like they've been working on that for four years like yeah. four years <laughs> you didn't know it existed right paying for it, paying employees, deving it, UIing it, UXing it, and all of it. And so you've been working on this software. It's coming out actually soon. It might come out by the time this uh, podcast comes out. But when you think about that and thinking about what you talked about, like what are some of the lessons that you've learned in building this software? It's not your forte. It's not your expertise. It's your idea. And it's kind of putting into practice the rocking chair test, the shiny object syndrome being eliminated. Like how have you processed through that? And like, What's come up? What have you learned? Like, I'd love to hear some of that. Yeah, man. Uh, and I know that you're going to love this answer because I know that's something we've talked about before. Uh, 100% the most helpful thing during this entire process has been my network. Mm-hmm. Like without question <clears throat> on multiple, on multiple regards, the, one of the biggest things that I've heard from SaaS founders, and anytime I'm like trying a new venture, I kind of use it selfishly as I'm going throughout my like interviewing on my show. So you'll notice like almost, almost like, um, industry leaning trends as I gain interest in other things, you know what I mean? Um, and so like you go through like a real estate investing thing and you talk to a bunch of real estate investors. And so i you know, when I was starting the SaaS stuff, I started talking to more SaaS founders and things. And one of the biggest um, issues that I heard come up over and over again. And then I read through an, a software building book and, and took a couple online things about software. And, uh, one of the biggest things that I, that I heard was just nightmares with development teams yeah. was like one of the biggest common denominators. Uh, one of the biggest common problems or issues for SaaS founders. And, and I keep saying SaaS just to kind of define that in case you're wondering what that is. If you're listening, it's uh, software as a service. And, um, one of the biggest, one of those biggest problems is that, is that dev team issues. Well, I got super lucky, man, because I knew a guy who, uh, reached out to me about starting a podcast for his software development company (laughs) to get more clients in his software development company. And when we were talking, I told him about this software idea that I was kicking around in my head. And he was like, I think that's a tremendous idea. So uh, usually this company would charge like $10,000 for a wireframe, which was enough to prevent me from figuring out what it would look like. Cause I, you know what I mean? Cause I, I knew that there were software dev shacks that would do something similar. And, uh, but, but I, I was so focused on some other things that I was working on that it wasn't a top priority for me to go out and, and purposefully spend that amount of money just to see if I liked the product and wanted to go get it built. Right. 
So, uh, he's a friend of mine that I've known for a while. And after we decided to work on the podcast, we hopped on another call. He's like, we should just hop on a call and, and work through what that might look like. So we hop on the call, we talk about it a bunch. And then like a week later, he shows me this wireframe that he did totally for free. And, um, and then I looked at the wireframe and I was like, I have to build this, that this has to exist. I think that it's going to be a, a knockout. I think that it's a, a good enough idea. I think that it has a lot of legs and you know, this guy's been in the software space for a long time. He agreed that obviously there was a, a external reason for him to agree that it had legs because he gets paid to do the dev work. Yeah. But uh, also he was a friend. So I actually trusted him. He wasn't just some random guy that found me online and wanted me to, you know, do his podcast for him. So, uh, so that by itself was a good, like that connection by itself was amazing. Uh, just to be able to have, to work with a good dev shop that's, that's, you know, in the, uh, based in, in the U S and that, uh, does incredible work and doesn't charge out the wazoo for that incredible work. Um, they do what they say they're going to do. It, uh, mostly has been on time. There's been a couple delays, but, um, you know, that's just, that, that's like, that's like building a custom home and expecting it to be done on time too. It's just like, things just don't happen like that. Yeah. Um, there's always issues that come up that you're not sure, uh, that you're not sure, you know, that you couldn't have estimated from the beginning. But anyway, it's been mostly a positive experience. And, um, and I've noticed that for sure because other friends that I have, that are doing similar dev work. They've been working on it for months and months longer than we've been working on ours. And they are still months away from launching. Whereas we're a couple weeks away from launching. So, um, just that one connection was good by itself. But now since then, um, you know, I've other questions about that kind of stuff. I've never gone through like a fundraising round and all that kind of stuff. And, and still at this point I haven't, but I was able to get on the phone with several entrepreneur friends that I now have that I built through the podcast, by the way, I was able to get on a phone with a bunch of them and ask them a ton of questions about like, Hey, uh, what, what would you recommend on a seed round? Is that a, like a convertible note or a safe or should equity or like it, should there be some sort of options pool? Like what, what exactly, you know, do I do? How do I structure that? Um, and then they, um, had a couple people, multiple people that made introductions to me to start up attorneys that would help me get my legal docs set up all through introductions from people in my own network on relationships that I've worked on building for the last couple of years. And then a step further, bro, even beyond all of the logistics and getting the company set up and, and, and learning some things about, about raising capital and learning some things about the, the, uh, the C corp formation, because all I've ever done is like single member LLCs that yeah. file as S corps and that, and like I C corps out of my, out of my world, you know? So asking all these questions about all these different things, doing my own private independent research, and then getting to the point where about a month ago we started reaching out to people because we wanted to build up a, a, a list of guests that were going to be bookable on the site. Um, so basically it's, it's a, it's a, it's a guest and creator marketplace where if you have a YouTube channel or a podcast or a blog and you interview high level people for that, this is a way to connect with those people, uh, without going through months and months of trying to figure out where their media contact is and who the right person is and go through their gatekeeper and find an email and then schedule. And then you 17 email chain. It's basically like go to their profile, pay a thousand bucks or whatever their price is that they charge, book them on your show have it scheduled in the calendar, do the call. It's all taken care of within the site and it's a pay to play marketplace so that you can for sure guarantee that you're going to get interviews with people you want to interview. And so, uh, when, when out, when we were looking at the launch, we were like, okay, we can either go after the creators or we can go after the guests. We can't go after both cause it would split our time and not be as effective. So I was like, let's go after the guests cause they're the ones with the audiences that will also have creators and they'll be able to, you know, bring in more users to the platform that way. So we go out to this, this list 
and the first thing that I did is I is we went through all of the guests that have ever been on the Build Network podcast, which now at this point, we're almost at 500 episodes. So we're coming up 300 something guests at this point because some of them are solo shows and different combinations and things. So um, we reached out to that entire list. We have a list now built of uh, almost 75 people in the last two or three weeks, um, all of whom have their own audiences. A lot of them are really, really well known, especially in the business and entrepreneurial space and especially in the content creation space, speaking space. Um, and all that's all those types of things. Every single one of those people were, uh, were not cold pitches. They were warm reach outs to people that already had, that I already had a relationship with that have agreed to come onto the platform, uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think it's actually a useful platform. I think the software that we built actually has some really cool features. And if you're in this space or industry at all, I think that you would see that. And it's all totally free because it's more of a platform as a service than it is a software as a service. Yeah. And, uh, so our goal is basically just users. So, you know, it's a lot easier of a yes, but also the second reason that they're willing to say yes is because we have a, like a pre-existing relationship and there's a bunch of other people who have already said yes. So like literally bro, every single step along the way, there's a ton of uncertainty and there still is uncertainty. Obviously we haven't launched it. We still don't know how it's going to work with people. Um, but I will say that if I tried to do this two years ago, three years ago, uh, I would be a million steps behind where I am right now, just, just simply because of the relationships, uh, that are, that are, um, you know, existence in, in my life now. Yeah, dude, I, um, I love it. I'll, I'll share a funny story in a minute with you that I think you might appreciate about how I used cameo for like a, a hack around oh, a couple nice. months ago, but I'll, I'll share it in a minute. But, um, you know, when you talk about the dev, you know, one of the things that I, I think about, like in our world, like you've been in this space just as long as I have. Right. And we think about it and it's pretty split down the middle, in my opinion. There's people that are like transact, 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 transact. Right. And then they end up with their tail between their legs, launching 85 different products with different names because nobody likes them or the people that get it. Right. And one of the things that I think is so powerful, what you said is like when you connected with this dev, There was a point where obviously he's incentivized because he'll be doing the dev work, but the quality of your relationship is what dictated his ability to go that deep and invest that much capital and time into what it was to offer based on the relationship that you had built. And that wasn't transactionally. He reached out for help. You helped him. You did all of that thing. And what I think a lot of times, like I still have people that we run up to, we we teach relationships to be dark. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, but the payoff, like reciprocity doesn't work tomorrow. Like reciprocity right. is a bank that comes out whenever it's needed to come out, but it could be a year from now, two years from now, and you have no idea how far that ripple travels. And I think, you know, that's a testament to it. And so I think this is a perfect opportunity. By the way, what's the name of the um, the software for everybody that knows? Yeah, it's called Guestio. So you can find it over at guestio.com, guestio.com. Guestio.com. Yeah. So here's what's funny. I'll tell you this story before I ask the next question. So I wanted Carol Baskin on the podcast, right? Like from, from Tiger King, like this thing was going, going crazy. And I was like, everybody does the same thing, right? They reach out to PR people. And I wanted to talk to her about her marketing. Cause like, quite frankly, like she's a marketing genius, you know, the jury's out on anything else, but from, <laughs> from a marketing perspective, servants like, you're never going to get a hold of her. And I was like, she's on cameo. And that app cameo, if you guys don't know, you pay X amount of dollars and you get a celebrity to record your voice or a shout out. And so I was like, what if I pay for a cameo to give her my contact information, tell her I'm going to spread the message of her service and give her my email. So I send this cameo and I don't give her anything to record the message. She cancels the cameo because there's nothing to record, sends me an email and said, oh, that was super creative. Can't wait to connect. Here's my email and got her contact info without ever like paying a dollar. And I was like... I made Guestio 1.0 without them knowing, 
Like that's what I that's did. That's exactly right, bro. That's that's exactly where the idea came from. And so, because yeah, I was searching for people on there, and I was like, man, I wish I could guarantee that they're gonna say yes to an interview, but there's no way to guarantee that. There's not. Uh, and so, uh, so I was like, well, why don't I just build it? And then I <laughs> felt responsible for them adding the feature to text after because I did that six times, and I got a hold of all six people. And all six of them personally emailed me and I never paid a dollar because they refund your money if the request isn't funded. Right. And then right. I was like, I have morals and ethics. And I was like, okay, I really feel bad. Like this works. I just can't go teach this, right? Like I'll just leave it for what it is. <laughs> and, and then you come along. But like when you think about it, right? Like you talk about you've been working on years on like building your network and building your network. Like what are some of the big things that you focus on when you meet somebody, when you're building your network? Like how do you ensure that that connection or that relationship is positive and doesn't feel slimy and snaky like we're used to? Yeah. So the one way that I sign off my, uh, every single podcast that I do on Build Your Network is remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. And it's a that I first heard from Gary V where he talks about basically he always strives to add 51% of the value in every relationship that he has. And, uh, when I, when I read that, I was like, that just makes sense to me that that is the way that people should be treated. And it was a little bit different of an idea for me at the time because I was used to doing door to door sales, which is kind of <laughs> like the opposite of networking. You know what I mean? Like it is literally knocking on a door and then selling something within 10 minutes of meeting somebody, which is literally the opposite of what you're supposed to do when you're networking and building relationships. And, uh, but, but when I, when I went through that, I was like, man, this seems just like a way better way to get the job done. Like one way you'll always be working. The other way you can build wealth in a shorter period of time, just not right now. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to be right now, but if you do a good enough job building relationships over the course of the next 10 to 20 years, it's going to be way more impactful than if you're just focusing on the short-term transactions. Because if you do that, you're going to be focusing on that for the next 40 years, mm -hmm. 50 years, because you're never going to get a break from that. You better be really freaking smart with your money if that's the way that you're treating relationships. And so uh, that, that's one of the big things that I, that I try to instill with people is just remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Even if you have nothing to benefit from a relationship, if you have nothing that can help you or profit you from a relationship, always try to offer some value. Get used to doing favors for people as long as they don't, you know, take out huge chunks of your day. Mm -hmm. And as long as they don't uh, make you incongruent or inconsistent with the way that you choose you to live your life. Um, you know, like if you if you're a, if you're a coach, for instance, and people pay you 10 grand for your coaching sessions, like, you know, you obviously don't want to just hop on a ton of free coaching calls with somebody because for the sake of like helping them, because that's obviously completely unfair for the people who are paying you a ton of money to get access to your time. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a little bit different. But what I am saying is like, if you can make a quick connection or if you can uh, recommend a quick tool, or if you can uh, shout out a book to somebody or say, Hey, I read an article this morning, thought you might enjoy it, send it off to somebody, or you're, you know, out and about something reminds you of somebody that, you know, shoot them a quick video. Why not just re-engage those people? Always be trying to add a little bit of value to the lives of the people that are around you. And, uh, what it, what, it, what it does, man, is it, it makes people conspire for your good. Yep. And when you have a ton of people that are just hoping that you do well, you know what I mean? They're just, they're, they're hoping they're, 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 they're wishing the best upon you. Um, that's just, you know, I, I know this is uh, woo woo or whatever, but uh, that's just good energy. It's good energy to have, you know, when there's a bunch of people conspiring for your good and for your benefit in the world, just because like, you're just a helpful person that never seems to care about all the other things. That's such a really, that's just a really awesome thing to have. Yeah, man. I, I say I'm woo woo covered in tattoos. I'm about as woo woo as they come. I just don't look <laughs> it right. Like the tattoos were like a good hiding spot for me for a while. 
you yeah. know, so when I think about this, right, um, when you think about these relationships and you think about always improving upon the silence, right, or adding a better than you found it or Gary Vee, like we've, we've seen it. And, and the truth is, is that it does work. And it's not even that like it works to get something out of it. Like it's just about being a good human being and like understanding yeah. that this is what's going to change the world. And, you know, I, it took me a long time to realize that. Like I remember, you know, when I was like in the beginning of entrepreneurship and I like made my first million and I went to a conference and keynoted, I was like backstage with all the other speakers. And I was like, let me tell you about me. Let me tell you about me. Let me tell you about me. And I was like, God, they never just texted me back ever. Like I wouldn't even get their number. Right. Like the lessons that we had to learn, you know, right. to play the game. But one of the things that I find really interesting, and I love to hear how people do this, when you start building relationships with people, like you're talking about, like when you plant a seed, you have to water it and water it and water it. And if you want that vegetable, you have to tend to it. Sometimes you have to water it once a month. Sometimes you can just let that thing grow and it's a lotus and it comes through mud, right? And other times you have to water it daily. But like, how do you look at nurturing relationships with people when you build them? Like you have a really big network of people, right? And this, so is there anything that you proactively do or do you kind of just build it reactively and keep it open? Like, hey, hit me up anytime. Like, how do you see that, that nurturing or the watering of that garden that you've built with your network? Yeah, that's honestly something uh, that I'm trying to get a lot better at, to be honest with you, man, because I am not super great at reengaging and uh, remembering things like that. My, I mean, my, my wife will be the first one to line up and tell you that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, so, so now I, I just try to do more things like exactly what I was just saying when I'm out and about, I'm thinking about something or something reminds me of somebody. I'll, I'll shoot him a quick text, shoot him a quick video. Just, hey, thinking about you, I haven't talked in a while, whatever. Um, I think that goes a long way with people, especially now, uh, when, when you just kind of assume that people catch up with your stuff because, well, I'm posting it all online, totally. <laughs> you know, what I mean? but uh, there's something called an algorithm that doesn't show your stuff that you post online to everybody that knows you. So, um, it's really good to get off of those platforms and just shoot a text yeah. or shoot an, or shoot something out. That's a little bit more personalized, especially if you can do a video really quick. Um, st stuff like that. I think that is, is really beneficial. Uh, the other thing that I, I think that I do pretty well is connecting other people people to each other as a form of continuing to stay in touch with people. Mm -hmm. So anytime I come across somebody who I'm like, it triggers a memory in my mind of a conversation that I had with somebody else. And I think that these two might be able to have a conversation. I just make an introduction. I ask both people always get a double opt-in intro because you never know if people are trying to avoid each other. Always, you always. You don't, <laughs> uh, don't want to, you know, I've been, I've been put into introductions like that with people where I'm like, ah, oh, come on, man. I don't like, this is already a person that I've talked to and they're just trying to like get something from me and I've already told them no. And now, you know, I'm in this awkward conversation that I have to back out of because <laughs> you're a friend of mine and I don't want to like make it seem like, you know what I mean? So I always get the double opt-in intro, but make introductions as much as you can, man. Be the connector of people. Um, I, I made an introduction. I didn't even know if it was going to go anywhere. Um, I don't know if you know Jordan Harbinger yep. and yep. Brandon Turner. Um, Brandon's the host of Bigger Pockets, and Jordan has a Jordan Harbinger show. Two giant shows in iTunes. Um, Bigger Pockets podcast is the largest real estate investing uh, podcast out there. They get three, four million something downloads a month. Uh, Jordan's show is like six million downloads a month. Um, and, uh, and I made a connection to them like a few, like a, a while ago. I don't remember even how long ago it was, but I just asked both of them like, Hey, I think this would be a, a fruitful connection. You know, they're you're both really cool people. You both kind of are, are living kind of outside of the, the other online, um, business type people, like all the funnel hacker yeah. community. Like you guys are like definitely 
away from that community. I think that you have multiple things that you agree on that you touch, uh, you know, multiple crossover touch points. Um, and so I was just like, Hey, you mind if I make an intro? And both of them said, sure. You know, and it was kind of like, yeah, but I mean, I can't really do much because my show is a real estate podcast. And, and then Jordan was like, yeah, I can't really do much though, because you know, he's about real estate and we don't really talk about real estate on the show. And I was like, all right, no worries. But I mean, the thing is be cool if you guys got to know each other. Turns out a few months later, Brandon and bigger pockets decide to bring on an, an another, um, interview into their weekly schedule, just about mindset in general, instead of just real estate investing, because that's a huge part of any business is, is working on your mind and, uh, and going through the personal development journey. And, uh, the first guest that, that Brandon had on that segment of the bigger pockets podcast was Jordan Harbinger. And so it was really, it was a really cool opportunity to be brought up in another conversation and, uh, and, and know that I was able to add value to both of them as well as the entire audience that listened to the conversation. Um, and when back when, like, I didn't really even know what would come of it and I wasn't trying to get anything out of it. It was just a way of just trying to add a little bit of value to people. And, uh, and I think if you get in that habit, it's a really good habit to get into. So, uh, be a, be a connector of people. Yeah, man, you're, yeah, you're really good at that. And, and I've learned, I've learned how to do this by doing it all wrong and then learning how to do it right (laughs) and paying attention to those around me. Right. And by the way, like I need to talk about this double opt-in thing too. Like (laughs) it is the worst thing you can do. Cause like, I'm really available, like really available. And I'm like, I'll talk to anybody. But I'm always like, hey, can you ask me first? Because I've had intros to people that I swore like I should have had restraining orders against. And I was like, (laughs) and like, I see it. Just pretend you didn't get the email. Yeah, like I see the name in my (laughs) inbox. I'm like, I'm getting punked. This is a joke. One of my friends, like, how did they not? And I'm like, I respond like WTF. They're like, oh my God, I forgot. I'm like, how could you forget? You know, like I I feel like you open Pandora's box and the poison of the plague comes out again. And I was like, here it comes, right? Like I did something in the universe to warrant this happening again. And now I have to play with it. You know, one of the things, um, it's something I think about a lot too, Travis, and uh, a couple like friends of mine, I've learned all of them. Like, so obviously, you know, and I know Jordan, by the way, I love his show, by the way, if you guys haven't listened to Jordan Harbinger, go check him out. Um, uh, Jim Quick, right? So Jim's a really good friend of mine, all about mindset. And I love when Jim teaches things like people like how to remember 100 names, how to remember 100 names, how to remember 100 names. But I think one of the secrets about being a connector or one of the secrets about being in good relationships is being an active listener, right? And it's not that you have to remember. Like one of the things that I do is I never try to remember everything. I try to remember something unique that nobody else would pay attention to about somebody, like what their favorite dog treat was or like what their you know, the name of their, uh, you know, kid's favorite movie was, or like some random thing that's so easy for me to remember because it's so random and it Mm. feels so important about them because everybody else is like, tell me how much money you make. Tell me what your business is. Tell me how you can, you know, pull those levers. And so I combined like the knowledge of like four of my friends, right? So Jim teaches the memory stuff. And then Steve Sims, another really good friend of mine. I love what Steve says. So like you and I get off a call, right? And by the way, I did this with you uh, because I had to. The moment we got off the call, I remember what we talked about. I went in my calendar and I sent three reminders in the future and I made one note about what we talked about. That was Mm. it. And so I made a note and I was like, hey, follow up with Travis, right? I was like, I know he's in Vegas. You got to let him know when I'm going there. Like I I wrote down, it took me like two seconds and I just wrote it down and then it ended up working out perfectly. I do on the podcast, right? So Steve's like always, like always take a note and just set a reminder to follow up with people. And so what I did is I took this one step further and I've, I've never shared this, but every time I get on a call, like 
with somebody like I'm going to do work with or I'm doing business with, the moment I get off the call, I pre-write and schedule three emails in the future and I schedule them all that day. And so one goes like a week later, like, hey, just followed up. I'm super glad we connected. Another one like a month later and then like three months later. And I make them really evergreen, like just a, hey, checking in on you, like Dean Jackson, nine word style. Sure. And then Jesse Itzler said this a long time ago. And one of Jesse's biggest hacks is like, we all know, like I just had a monk on the podcast and his favorite quote of mine was like, if you can't shit without your phone, you're not living. And I, I loved it, right? Like it was like the best <laughs> moment of wisdom. And I was like hearing him say it, like, you know, turned my heart and then made me feel guilty at the same time. Right. And I was yeah, like, right. okay, cool. So now there's times I intentionally shit without my phone, but now the rest of it, Jesse's like, do yourself a favor. We all have plenty of pockets where we get in the endless scroll of Instagram on YouTube or whatever. He's like, stop. And he's like, when about you're about to go there, open your phone, open your phone to an app and send three video messages or three text messages to anybody that you have. Just check in. And that's it. And like, I do that every day. And the results are absolutely mind blowing. Mm, and, yeah. um, I don't know. There's some little things that like have come up for me in the years of doing this. Cause like I used to overcomplicate it, right? I would send like handwritten cards and bird and nobody cares. They just want to know that you're thinking about them, that you're in a relationship and it always tends to open up the universe right when I need it to. Yeah. That, well, that's exactly right. It tends to open up the universe when you need it to, because you, a lot of people try to try to, you know, avoid digging their well thirsty. Mm -hmm. And that is the opposite of how to, of, of how to have good relationships. Um, you know, it's like if somebody hits you up after like nine years, you've now, you haven't talked in a really long time. <laughs> your first inclination is like, okay, this person's either about to like talk to me about, you know, Jesus or talk to me about their new supplement that they sell with, you know, Nima or whatever yep. company hasn't been shut down by the FTC. Yep. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's something, there's some reason that they're reaching out and usually they're usually right. It's usually like you get so many of those pitches of people that are, that are like obviously just sent out, you know, a thousand messages to their entire 1000 Facebook friends that they have. Yep. And all of them say more or less the same exact thing. Cause they're trying this numbers game thing. It just doesn't work. You have to dig your well before you're thirsty. And that like, that is exactly you don't know when you're going to need relationships in your life. You don't know. Mm -hmm. And this software is a really good example for me on that because the first few years when I was doing my podcast, I didn't know exactly what I was doing. I just knew that I liked podcasting and I wanted to build an audience around this whole idea of building relationships and, and using your network and, um, and, and, uh, you know, creating an environment that makes you a better person and all that kind of stuff. And, I didn't know when I was talking to a lot of these guests when I was interviewing them that one day I was going to reach out to them about this new software that I'm launching and I wanted to see if they'd be willing to come on board as one of the launch guests. Don't worry. It's totally free. All that kind of stuff. I, I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I, 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 that, that was not in my thought process at the time. It was just cultivating a relationship. When I reached out to other people and made some connections here and there like that, those weren't because I was thinking, man, when, you know, when I launched that software in a, in a year, you know, it's going to be amazing because I'll be able to have all these people to call back on. Like I, I just, didn't think about it. You just, if you continually add value without trying to expect, something in return, then you're building up a bank of relationship capital, just like you're building up a bank of, you know, 
actual capital. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go to, if you have a problem, if you have an issue, you have an emergency come up and there's no money in your bank account, then you go negative in your bank or you have to put it on a credit card and then you're in debt. You know what I mean? And it's, same, it's the same thing with relationships. If you don't have enough relationship capital in that bank account, so to speak, um, then when, by the, when you have that problem come up, when you have that emergency where you're like, man, I need, I need some help. I need some support from the people in my life. Your account's overdrawn. Yeah. What do you do now? You know what I mean? That's when you start reaching out to all these people and asking for these favors when you haven't talked to them in seven years. And it's just like, wait, like what? Oh, you have a kid now? No way. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, he's seven. <laughs> you know, he's seven. so, yeah. I, so you gotta, you gotta dig your well before you're thirsty. Cause I, I mean, that that's the only way that it's ever beneficial is if you just keep adding value to people's lives without it really ever expecting anything and understanding that that's really the only way that it's even going to benefit you anyway. Um, and another great example would be Jordan. I don't know if you know the story, but basically he was with art of charm. Yep. The, the show that he had for a decade, really bad business dealings. He exited the the partnership and had to literally, like literally they were, they were getting two, three million downloads a month, something like that, that entire, you know, email list, customer list, all these things that the company kept. Jordan had started over from scratch, had zero things. The only thing that he had in his corner was his network. Yep. And he started that show at the beginning of 2018. Now in 2020, he has completely eclipsed the heyday of Art of Charm. Art of Charm's down to like to lower downloads they've ever been before. And Jordan's show is higher than, you know, double than uh, what the Art of Charm's heyday was uh, just because he did the work for over a decade of just putting work into relationships, adding value to people. And then the day that he needed some help. The day where like everything that he was working on got, you know, totally screwed over and he had to start from scratch. He had people that he could call and say, hey, man, I, I, I need I need a favor. I, you know, I, I need something. And, and all those people that he had supported throughout all the years were eager, chomping at the bit to help this guy out because he had been so helpful to so many throughout his career. So um, it's, it's, just, it's just such a big lesson. If you, if you go into it trying to help people expecting that you're going to get something from it it has the opposite effect on you every time, uh, you know, instead of just going in and, and just seeing how you can help out. And, you know, Zig Ziglar said it best when he said, if you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything that you want. And so if, if you're not getting the results that you want in life, maybe start thinking about like really do a real analysis, a deep dive on what you're doing, what your daily tasks are, what your monthly uh, goals are, all those types of things. And ask yourself like, how many people am I helping by doing this? And if the answer is me, then uh, you're, that's probably why you're not getting enough results because you're not doing anything that's actually intrinsically helpful to other people. Um, that's how the market, you know, pays you. That the, the, your paycheck is directly correlated to how many people you're helping and how effectively uh, you're helping them. Yeah, I actually says in my Facebook header that a company's success is directly correlated to the amount of value they add in people's lives. Like that's where yep. their financial success comes from. And so, yeah, I think it was like one of the, a personal development coach I had like ten years ago. Uh, I was in that, like, my whole life is ending. I just got out of 12 years of combat, like, oh, right. And, like, legitimate feelings. But I always felt frozen. And she's like, the fastest path is to give away what you want to get. And, like, that thing still carries so much weight for me to this day. Like, when I'm stuck, when I don't know what to do, like, just go give it away. Like, go give away energy. Go give away positivity. But it's always about service. And I don't think there's any way to lose that game. And, you know, you said something that I think is really, really, really important before we wrap the episode. And... Um, this was something that it took me a long time to learn, but you, you like, they don't dig their well till they're thirsty and all these things like with relationships, right? Like if you do a relationship bad, it burns a bridge that you can't rebuild it. Right. But when you do a relationship, right, or at least neutral, you improve upon the silence, you keep that bridge. And like 
Every time Manhattan builds a new bridge, they don't knock the other ones down. That's why there's 21 of them, right? And you always want to have those avenues to lean into. It doesn't mean you're going to have to drive over it. Like if you're going to Manhattan every day, you can only drive in on one bridge and out on one bridge, but you have those options. And that's how I tend to like think about relationships. And it, it's so powerful, man. Like uh, I have so much validation right now, like in my soul, hearing you speak about this stuff. Like it just makes my heart happy. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Like this was like the infusion of dopamine I needed today. Like it was one of those mornings. And so, no, I absolutely love it. So quick question. So, um, oh, and just so everybody knows the best place to find Travis, cause you can find him anywhere. Just Google his name. Uh, his podcast amazing, but, uh, his Instagram, is it Travis Chappelle? Yep. Okay. Yep. Just, yeah. Just first and last name. First, two P's, two L's. Yeah. I was going to say it's two P's. I was about to say that it's two P's, two L's. So it's Travis Chappelle with two P's and two L's. Um, but, you know, for everybody listening, right, like just to wrap the episode, you know, like if there was a piece of parting advice, something that they could focus on today, something that would help move the needle in their life based on anything, you know, that we talked about, like what would those parting words of wisdom be? Like if, if it was your last message to my audience, what would it be? Yeah, sure, man. I, I would say one of the, uh, you know, principles, overarching principles that's helped me in my life in general, in all things, not just my business, not just my network is, uh, taking radical responsibility. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that, uh, that's just a big principle in life that we're, we're watching it unfold before us in our, the grand scheme of the politics in our country right now. And I'm not going to talk about a bunch about politics or anything, but, uh, the, the reason that I bring that up is that it comes from this, a lot of the issues that we have stems from this idea that other people are responsible for, things that happen in our lives, which is the opposite of the truth. And it's a losing game. If you truly believe that you're not responsible and other people are responsible, then everything's always out of your control, which means you have no, you have no, um, ability to change the things that are happening in your life and the things that are coming to you at a, at a later date in, in your life. And if that's the lot that you've accepted, then there's nowhere to go from here. And you may as well just do nothing and exist forever. Uh, because like, why even try if you can't change any of those things? And so it, it starts with taking radical responsibility. And by the way, res- responsibility and fault are two different things Yes. because some people will be like, Oh, you know, well, what about my dad? You know, he died when, uh, I, you know, he died when I was 16 from cancer. And it's like, okay, well, that's not your fault. There's a big difference, yep. but it is your responsibility to now deal with the problem and say, what do I need to do moving forward? Now that has become your responsibility. Um, and there's a big, big difference between those two things. And I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but I am saying that once you start taking responsibility for everything that happens in your life, uh, for all of the things that you have control over, once you start taking responsibility for that, you're going to start, you're, you're going to start just noticing that the world unfolds with, with, uh, with opportunity that opportunity abounds and that there's nothing that's preventing you from taking advantage of those opportunities except for you and your own belief that it's not possible. So, um, yeah, take your radical responsibility, man. That would be the thing I would like to leave everybody with. Well, this isn't the podcast that I needed, but it is now. And that was so true for me. This is the one I wanted and it turned into one that I needed. And, and man, it's absolutely, it's an honor to have you on the show for everybody listening. Please, um, go check out Travis, uh, Google him on it, check him out on it, Google him on Instagram, check him on Instagram, Travis Chappelle, two P's, two L's, and then check out Guestio. I believe it's Guestio.com. So G U E S T I O.com, especially if you're in 
the podcasting space, creator space, work with influencers, are an influencer, go check that platform out because it's a pass. It's a platform as a service as Travis is going to coin that one now. So, man, thank you for being here. And uh, it's always been a pleasure. So for everybody listening, remember that relationships always beat algorithms. And I will see you guys in the next show. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning, and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. Now, leave a review if you like me. Actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this. And I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it. But our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have, our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course. Literally, just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore, plus whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy, because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team, I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Mwah.